Our family have lived in three homes. Every home is special, every home is unique, but I think by far our favorite home was our second house. The house had character, but it was old, and as the first service reminded me, it's really not that old, but what do I know? But it was built in 1953. Now, exactly, but to me, it's old, right? It doesn't matter, it's my story. So old house, and with an old house, it needs upgrades. And this house had seen some upgrades, new windows, new paint, some new flooring, things like that. But there was one thing that we were in desperate need of, and that was a new circuit breaker. It had gone through one change at some point in its history, but we were in desperate need. Because when you have an older house like ours and an old circuit breaker, you know you have a choice to make. You can either run the microwave or the toaster. You just can't do both at the same time. You have a choice to make. Do you run the microwave or the TV? You just can't do both. You can't have it both ways in a house like this. So there was one evening in the winter. It was cold, and our kids were downstairs playing. And they said, hey, Dad, can you turn on the space heater? And I said, absolutely. So I went down, flipped it on, went upstairs, did about my normal routine. And then after a while, it was time for dinner. So what did I do? I turned on the air fryer, and guess what? Poof! Lost power. It was pure darkness. So what did I hear from the basement? Hey, Dad! We blew a fuse. Can you come down here? Now, some, some people are like, Matt, you don't have fuses there, those little switches. Well, it's my story again. I'll tell it my way, you tell it your ways. I still call a fridge a, an icebox, all right? So I'm just different. But they said, Dad, you got to come down here got to get the lights back on. Not a problem. I know my basement. Now, if you have young kids or you've had young kids, you've got to understand what a basement is like, right? It's full of toys. You got Legos, you got Lego tables, you got Nerf guns, you got swords. I mean, it's an obstacle course when you got the lights on. But with the lights out, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a gauntlet, unlike anything you could have ever hoped to experience. But I said, no problem. So I go and look for a flashlight, no flashlight. Try to find my phone, no phone. But you know what? I told myself, Nat, you're a man. You're a man. You don't need no stinking flashlight. You know that basement. You can get to that circuit breaker, not a problem. One word to describe that decision. Stupid. Stupid. Another word might be dangerous. But I didn't care, I'm a man. So I went downstairs, started, you know, feeling my way through, pushing a kid out of the way. Eventually you find the Legos, and oh my goodness, can't these kids put away just one thing in their life? You get a little bit further, and I'm you know, hitting my shin on the, on the Lego table. I trip over the Nerf gun. It's just a bad experience. Well, finally, I find my way to that door, and I go to turn the handle and push it. <sighs> That's right. I heard something fall down. It must have been that luggage that I didn't put away that my wife said I should put away, but I didn't because I was in a hurry. I'm going to do it my way. Okay, not a problem. So I give it a big heave. I bust through that door. The luggage and the boxes go flying. 
all right, responsibility lesson, that's okay. So I start working my way over the luggage, and I eventually hit my head on the, that shelf that's right in front of the circuit breaker. Who does that? Probably I did it. I don't know, but it's there. Finally, though, I get to the circuit breaker. I find that switch. I turn it and let there be light. A miracle. But you see, in that moment, I realized that life in the darkness it's dangerous. Life in the darkness, it's dangerous. But for a believer, life in the darkness, it's unnecessary. Many people today, they try to navigate through life in the darkness. But they injure themselves. They hurt the people that they love. They hurt the people that they lead. Life in the darkness is dangerous. So is there a better way to live than life in the darkness? There is, and that's what we want to talk about today. Traditionally, I do a little bit more expository preaching. Today, we're going to do a little bit of bouncing around, so bear with me. If you can't keep up, it's okay. We're going to have the passages on the screens. But today, we're going to spend some time contrasting light in darkness. We want to go back to the Bible to see what God has said about living in the darkness compared to living in the light. So let's begin by understanding what the Bible has to say about darkness. When you read the Bible, you will see both darkness being literal darkness as well as metaphorical darkness. It represents something else. But in the Old Testament, we find literal darkness on page 1. In fact, Genesis 1 says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light and there was light. So there on page one, we see literal darkness. But this makes us wonder, what exactly is darkness? Darkness is simply the absence of light. It's the absence of light. Now, literal darkness, we know, is dangerous. You got to experience it through me and my uh, idiocy. I mean, it's not safe to navigate a basement full of toys in the darkness. But there are other ways that literal darkness isn't safe. A while back, our kids and I, we were driving down the highway on a rural road, and they were like, what would it be like to drive without the lights? And I thought, that's a great idea. Let's try that. So I turned off the lights. And after about one second, I realized that was stupid, back on. But we realized in a moment, life in the darkness was dangerous. Okay, but what does the Bible refer to when it talks about metaphorical darkness? What is the Bible talking about? Because that's where you see it quite often. Well, darkness in the Bible can refer to evil. It can refer to sin. It can refer to death. It can mean imprisonment, confusion, uh, punishment, spiritual darkness, and so on. But when you look through Scripture, there are two key realities that we discover. And I want to look at those briefly this morning. The first reality of darkness is this. Darkness is living apart from God. When we study 
darkness when it comes to the Bible, it's referring to living apart from God. In fact, when you continue on in the Genesis story, you will see that God would continue His creation. He would create the stars and the moon. He'd create the earth. He would create the waters. He would then fill the earth with uh, fish of the sea, birds of the air, animals that would walk on the ground. He would then, at the pinnacle of His creation, create mankind. He would create mankind. But according to Genesis 3, just two chapters in, we find that Adam and Eve decide to rebel against God. They sin, and immediately what we find is separation from God. One minute they're in perfect communion, they're in a loving, intimate relationship with God, and the next they are now in the darkness. They are separated from God. The fellowship is broken. Today, we are born alienated from God. Today, when we're born, we're not born basically good. We're not born with a propensity towards going towards God. We don't want God. We don't love God. We're alienated from God in our natural being. Our desire in a moment was changed because of Adam and Eve's decision. Our desire now went from God to ourselves. It went from pleasing God to pleasing our sinful desires. In fact, this is what Ephesians 2 says, beginning in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. You see, the world will say, no, no, people are basically good. They're they're born with a general propensity for kindness and for goodness. They just, you know, make a mistake on occasion, and it kind of messes things up. That's not reality. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches by our very nature, the moment we take that breath, we are messed up. We are separated from God. We are children of wrath. The Bible would declare we are enemies of God. We don't want God. We want to spit in God's face. That is how we are born. We don't want to live in the light. We love the darkness. We want to be in the darkness. We want to live for ourselves. This is what Paul would say in Romans 3, verses 10 through 11. He says, none is righteous. No, not even one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. You see, there's this false belief that people, they're just a little confused. They're really just trying to find God in their lives, but they just kind of get it wrong and it's just kind of a mess. No, the reality is people are not seeking after God. They're seeking themselves. They want to be God. They want to serve themselves. They want to fulfill their dark desires and their sins in the darkness. You see, darkness is this perpetual state of spiritual brokenness, of spiritual confusion, and it messes everything up. It messes up our minds, our emotions, our desires, our spirits. Everything is broken when we live life in the darkness. 
So again, that first reality is that darkness is living apart from God. But darkness is also living for your sinful desires. That's the second reality. You see, our desire changed from God to ourselves, so we're apart from God, but now we live for our sinful desires. This is what it says in John 3, beginning in verse 19. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Now, we live in kind of a unique time where the culture um, is recording and celebrating their sinful actions on their smartphone. They like to post them on TikTok and on social media and on YouTube. And yes, there is the segment of the population that is recording their sinful desires, their sinful actions, and posting them, and we're sharing them, and we're celebrating them. But the reality is that the majority of people today premeditate their sinful actions, they premeditate their sinful desires, and then they carry them out in the darkness. Why? Because there is no exposure. They feel like it's safe to cultivate their sinful actions in the dark. They think, well, if I do this in the public, I'm going to get caught and punished. And they're right. So darkness is living apart from God, and darkness is living for our sinful desires. Okay, but what constitutes sinful desires? What constitutes sinful actions? Well, Paul will give us a great list in Galatians 5, beginning in verse 19. Now, this, law, this list isn't exhaustive, but it's a good, comprehensive list. So Paul describes these evil desires as this. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These actions these lifestyles, these behaviors are the marking of someone who lives life in the darkness. They're someone who has never been rescued from the darkness. And when we live a life like this, it continues to pull us away from God. Show me one of these sinful actions that does not hurt the individual or the people around them over time. The reality is you can't. Each one is destructive. You see, life in the darkness is dangerous. It's not safe. It's not healthy. It is not something to be celebrated. It is dangerous. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for the people that you love and the people you lead. So darkness is living apart from God and for your sinful desires. So what are the results of living life in the darkness? Well, first, we're going to experience physical and temporal pain and suffering. Now, the culture will tell you, and they do it so often, that 
well, as long as you're doing it in private or you're just doing it yourself, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's okay. Celebrate the journey that you're on. Live it up. Do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. But the truth is, it does hurt the person. It does bring destruction. It does bring pain and suffering to the people around you. Maybe not today. But over time, you see lives fall apart. Marriages crumble. Jobs disappear. There are consequences to our actions. One of the things I like to do with people is just ask them, how well is life working for you? Honestly, are you happy with where life is taking you? Are your behaviors, are your actions giving you the life that you really desire? When pressed, people will rarely say yes because they know that their life in the darkness is only pain and suffering in the end. That's why they go from one partner to another partner. They go from one fix to another fix. They go from one drink to another drink, from one drug to another drug, from one partner to another partner, from one porn site to another porn site. There is no end because that is life in the darkness. There is no hope. There is no freedom. It is physical pain and suffering. It tears apart their lives. We see this in Genesis 3. Again, you had this beautiful, intimate, perfect relationship between God and man. But it changed because of sin. And immediately, they would begin to experience physical pain and suffering. The woman, she is to be able to have this beautiful moment, this beautiful experience of carrying a child and delivering the baby. But I've now witnessed three births. I'm going to tell you, that was a lot of suffering for her, not me. It was beautiful, but miserable. But that's not the way that it was supposed to be. But sin ruined it. It changed it. It was hard. For the man, man was supposed to cultivate the earth to rule over the animals. But guess what? Now work would be hard. It wouldn't be just pleasure. It wouldn't just be the result. Now he would sweat, he would bleed, he would bruise, all because of sin. The marital relationship. Here is this beautiful picture of the intimacy between God and man, between a man and a woman. And guess what? Because of sin, now it's hard. It's strife, it's tension, it's pride, there's bickering, there's fighting. All because of sin. Life in the darkness. You see, life in the darkness brings only pain, mental pain, emotional hurts, spiritual brokenness. Darkness is dangerous, and it only leads to physical pain and suffering. Paul would say so much in Galatians chapter 6, Paul says this in Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 7. Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap life eternal. You see, there is a cause and effect relationship between our actions and the results. You know, this is why you'll never go to a farmer and you'll never talk to him and he'll say, you'll never believe this. I had the most remarkable year of farming. This is the first ever. I went out and I scattered all these pumpkin seeds and guess what? I got a field of corn. Can you believe it? You'll never hear that. Why? Because what you sow is what you reap. It's true on the farm, it's true at home, it's true at work, it's true wherever we go. You see, if you live a life as a gossip, you're not going to have any friends. When you live a life of bitterness, you're going to be miserable. If you decide to live a life of selfishness, guess what? You're going to be all alone. If you live a life of physical abuse, alcohol, drugs, sex, pornography, guess what? Your body will be broken. And if you keep playing that game in the darkness, eventually it leads to physical death. It's even true for the believer. For the wayward believer, when we decide to return to the darkness, God, in a moment of mercy and grace, can take us out and say enough. And for the non-believer, the person who has never left the darkness, the end is death. Psalm 1 verse 6 says, the way of the wicked will perish. In the end, sin leads to death. So the result of living life in the darkness is physical, temporal pain and suffering, but it gets worse. Aren't you glad you guys came today? I mean, Merry Christmas! I promise you it does get better, but we have to get through the bad stuff first. But here's the reality. If you never leave the darkness, you're going to experience eternal pain and suffering. It's eternal pain and suffering. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. People in the darkness, they think it's right. It it satisfies for a brief moment their, their, their desires. They feel like that's where they belong. They do life on their own terms. They play the game of religion. They do whatever they think they can do or should do. But in the end, it doesn't net them what they really need. All it gives them is that temporal pain and ultimately eternal pain and suffering. But what about that good person, Aunt? What about that grandma who gives away cookies to the kids? What about that philanthropist who gives away billions of dollars? What about my favorite teacher at school? Surely their actions are going to count for something. 
What about that person who opens up their home to, to the poor, to the needy, to the homeless? The reality is, if you've never been rescued from the darkness, it means eternal pain and suffering in hell. Life apart from God, it's dark. It leads to spiritual death. And I know that's not very politically correct of me. But the Bible will never be politically correct because it is truth. God never asked for my opinion when I read it. God says, this is the way it is. Paul would say the wages of sin is death. There is no alternative on our own terms. In fact, Paul would really punch this point home in his second letter to the Thessalonians. He said this in Thessalonians 1, beginning in verse 6. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. At the end of the story, at the end of our life, it's not nothing. It's not a never-ending cycle of reincarnation. It's not purgatory. No, there are no do-overs. It is eternity, either in hell separated from God or eternity with Him in heaven. Those are the two options. There is no in-between. This, this should drive us to ask the question, okay, so what's the solution? How on earth do we escape that physical pain? That physical suffering, how on earth, God, do we get out of the darkness and finally experience that light to experience eternal joy with, with God? It's by coming to the light of Christ. It's by finally living in the light. How? You see, light begins by living in a relationship with God. That's where it begins. It's in a relationship with God. But how do you get there? Well, Jesus would say this in John 14, 6. Jesus would say, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm a way. He didn't say, I'm a pretty good option. Jesus didn't say, well, you could bet on me and hope it turns out okay. No, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There is no other way to live in the light but through a relationship to God through Jesus Christ. There is no other way way. Paul would say this in his letter to the Colossians, he that is Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness 
and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Living in a relationship with God is only made possible through Jesus Christ, the light. Let me just highlight a couple passages about what the Bible says in regards to Jesus as the light. Jesus said this in John 8, verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus Christ is the light. He is the thing our soul needs. He is the one that we need to help us. His light shines so we won't stumble, so we won't fall, so we won't hurt ourselves, so we won't be separated from God forever. His light shines so that we might live in it. Ultimately, it is Jesus Christ who rescues us from the darkness and transfers us to light. Jesus said in John 12, verse 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. In reasons I will never know, Jesus decided to become our rescuer. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't buy it. We couldn't win it. We couldn't get it on a scratch-off card. No, in reasons we will never know. Jesus Christ, in time and space, He reached out and said, I choose you. You are my enemy. You love the darkness. You wanted your sin. You wanted yourself. But I love you. I choose you. I will rescue you. And purely as a gift, He says, live. And now we can live as children of light. Peter would say that he calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, no more tripping on those metaphorical Legos. No more hitting our shins on the metaphorical Lego tables or the Nerf guns. Finally, it is life that is free and free from self-inflicted harm. Darkness is living apart from God. It's living for our sinful desires. But light is living for God and for His glory. Let me wrap up our time by reading to you what Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus because I think it hits this point so well. Paul says this in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. 
Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time, you were darkness. But now, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. We are to be light. In Christ, we are light. Our lives are to be light in this dark world. Now it's true. Our light exposes what the darkness tries to hide. The world isn't going to like it. But the world needs it. Will it be convicting? Yes. Will it sting? Absolutely. But friends, you and I know where there is light, there is freedom. Where there is light, there is hope. Where there is light, there is Christ. Now, if you're here today or you're watching online, and you've never been rescued from the darkness. You're tired. You're broken. You're sick of trying to do life on your own terms. You're tired of hurting yourself, of falling down and hurting the people around you. If this is you today, Jesus has some words, and I hope you listen, and I hope you listen well. Jesus says this, you're tired. Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How can you come to the light? It's by turning from your sin and turning to Christ. It's about repenting of your sin, recognizing that you need a Savior. You can't do it anymore Your way isn't working. You're broken. You're hurting yourself. You're destroying your life. Your soul is separated from God. Turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. He says, believe in me. It doesn't mean intellectually assent to who he is. It means believing with your whole body, throwing yourself on Jesus, saying, Jesus, help me and rescue me. I need you today. When you believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, your sins are paid for. 
and you will experience freedom and life in the light. My life was forever changed because he rescued me. Yours can be too. What about the rest of us? The majority of us today in watching online are probably children of light. We have been rescued. We rejoice because God picked us up and saved us. What about us? I think for us today, we are to go and let our light shine. This is one of those unique times in the world where people are paying attention to Christmas. Christmas isn't about a jolly old fat guy who steals our cookies. Christmas isn't about elves. It isn't about a bunch of sweets or or presents. That's not what it's about. It's about Jesus Christ coming into the world to rescue us from our sins. People are wondering what this is about. Let us go and deliver the light. We as Christians must never be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation. Let's go and take the light to them, because they will not come here. Let's bring it to them today. That is what we are called to do, to be deliverers of the light. There may be others here today who you were rescued. You have been delivered to the light, but you've slowly drifted into the darkness. Know this. You can come back to Christ anytime. He saved you on purpose and for a purpose. If you have wandered back into the darkness, but you've been delivered, come to Jesus today and confess your sin. Confess your sin Get right with God, and then get back to work. God is calling us today to be light in Lincoln, to Lancaster County, and wherever we go. Whatever we do, in all we do, let us do it for the glory of God. It's my prayer that our light will shine so that the world may believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. God, it is by grace that we are here today. God, why you'd used a messed up, broken enemy of yours to be able to preach your word, I will never know. But God, I am so thankful for the opportunity to be called your child. God, I pray for those people who are here or who are watching online today who have never been rescued, that their hearts might be melted to your gospel, that they might hear your word, and that they might receive it. They would turn from their sins and turn to you as their only hope. For the rest of us, Father, I do pray for boldness of the gospel. I pray we won't be ashamed. I pray we will leave these doors, these walls, and go And let our light shine before all men so that you might be revealed, so that people might see Jesus clearly, so that they might come to that marvelous light in which you delivered us to. Father, may we never forget where we came from and who delivered us from it. Father, we love you and we thank you for this reminder of why we celebrate Christmas. 
It's in your son's name we pray.